It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, let's get to it. It's a new era here for Locked on Panthers. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. You see the name right down there. You see it here. We're on YouTube now. If you're watching, if you're not watching the show, well, I hope you're still listening to the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars only, please. Also, check us out on Spotify and all the other places where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, which is also right down there on the screen. On Twitter, at Julian Council, because every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those questions into me now so I can answer them on Friday. You can either at me, at Julian Council, or DM me, at Julian Council. But again, make sure to first click the follow button, at Julian Council. It's been a while. I was supposed to do this probably back when the season was going on. But mm, I kind of dragged my feet on the whole YouTube thing. It's a little bit more complicated extra work i'm not a video editor and i quite frankly didn't want to spend an extra hour of my day having to edit video might not be that bad but still you the listener deserves more from me and the podcast deserves to grow so here i am on locked on panthers on youtube so again please make sure to go to the youtube page subscribe tell everyone you know so they can find the show and so we can continue to grow the audience here in this vital off season for the carolina panthers and speaking of the vital off season here for the carolina panthers jeff darlington of ESPN.com, and I guess of just ESPN's NFL coverage. Uh, he's an NFL insider, and he was on NFL Live either a Friday or earlier this week. You guys saw the rounds. Panthers Twitter is always trying to find some videos to go out there and talk about the state of this organization, especially this offseason as they look to turn around the offense and trying to plug in whatever holes that remain on the defense from Matt Rule heading to year three. But Ian Rapp, not Ian Rapport, but um, Ian or Jeff Darlington, they kind of look the same. Jeff Darlington was discussing how the Carolina Panthers offense and just the location and the attractiveness of free agents to Carolina is not necessarily there talking about how they don't have an identity. And that's something that we've heard before. Throughout the season, the Carolina Panthers were trying to figure out what their identity on offense was. And you could say after 18 weeks, we still don't really know. It seemed like when they started the season off, when they traded for Sam Darnold, that they wanted to expand the vertical passing game. We saw that week one with the 57-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. And after that, we didn't really see much else from the Carolina Panthers when it came to a passing game as Sam Donald struggled once he lost Christian McCaffrey. And even when Cam Newton came in, you might have saw it with DJ Moore in the Miami game. But outside of that, there was no vertical passing for him. Then Matt Rule talks about how he wants to get some 56 passing uh, uh, completions and rushing attempts per game. And old Bill Parcells axiom of trying to hit that number, which now in the NFL, if you look around it in the league, Patrick Mahomes, they're not trying to get 56 passing completions and run attempts a game. You look at Justin Herbert in San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers. That's not how teams operate in the NFL. So the Carolina Panthers want to be a run first team or they want to pass first like most of the league and how the game's gone on recently. I don't know. We still don't know heading into year three about rule what the identity of the offense is. Now he has an offense coordinator in Ben McAdoo. 
formerly the head coach in New York Giants and OC of the Giants before, you know, things fell apart and he was kind of out of the league, was with Jacksonville a couple of years ago as a quarterback coach. He's now here in Carolina. The Tom Coughlin background, just like Matt Rule has here in the NFL, I think they'll be on the same page as Joe Brady and Matt Rule were never really on the same page. But still, what is the identity of the team? And is Carolina an attractive place for free agents? You look on the offensive side of the ball, one of the key points that Jeff Darlington made was the quarterback situation. Right now, Sam Darnold, $18.858 million against the salary cap coming up here in 2022. Going to make it very hard for the Carolina Panthers to go out there and to bring in any quarterback, even if that's a free agent. Like, say, Carson Wentz is available. You can probably afford it because he's not going to be getting a ton of money. But you want to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins, going to be pretty hard to fit in those guys' salary caps. Now, you can work around it. You can restructure some guys. The Carolina Panthers absolutely are going to have to do in order to have enough space to address the needs that they have on this roster, but it's still prohibitive to what they probably want to do. But either way, there's not a surefire quarterback answer here on the roster. So if you're a wide receiver, if the Carolina Panthers were in the market for one, are you wanting to come to Carolina? Offensive line, though, I don't know how much you can really bring up the O-line in this conversation because you're just out there to block. And if there's a starting job here, which there are at least three, looking at center, left guard, left tackle, there's three starting jobs. Only guys who on the roster that certainly have a starting job next year, at least I think should certainly have a starting job, are obviously Terry Moten at right tackle, and then wherever Brady Christensen fits in, likely at right guard, and then maybe Pat Elfline, but I would hope they would try to find some sort of upgrade there at center, even if he fits at center better than he did at left guard last season. But if you're an offensive lineman, does it really matter where you go? I get it. Last year, Kansas City, you saw the Super Bowl when they were down the top two tackles, and they were down the top two right guards that they had, and Patrick Mahomes was running for his life, and Hey, it's Mike Rimmer's Super Bowl. We know how those go, unfortunately, here in Carolina. They went out, found a bunch of offensive linemen. Joe Tooney went there. They traded for Orlando Brown Jr. They drafted uh, Trey Smith out of Tennessee. They fixed the whole unit. Okay, good for Kansas City. They did it. Cincinnati, we talked about them last week once the Super Bowl was over, and we saw why they lost Super Bowl, because they couldn't block the Rams. And they couldn't really block anybody all season long. It's a miracle that Joe Burrow survived this season and he has another knee injury. Now, it's not one that apparently needs surgery, but it's still going to be something that he's got to go in the offseason having to deal with. And he's awesome. And I like watching Joe Burrow. And I don't want him to get hurt. And the Bengals are going to go after offensive linemen. So you look at Cincinnati, you think, okay, well, they're just in the Super Bowl. If you're an offensive lineman, you probably want to go to Cincinnati. But also, this comes down to money. This isn't like the NBA where everything's guaranteed and you only have a short lifespan here in the NFL. Like you got to get your bag when you get your bag. And the Carolina Panthers are throwing a bag at you. Why not come? So I don't know if I look at the offensive line thinking, oh, it's going to be hard for free agents to want to come here. Look at the on the defensive side of the ball. That is a young, talented defense. You got Brian Burns on, on the roster here, which Hassan Reddick, hey, free agent, going to probably want to come back and play with his guy who just bought him a golf cart. So you got Brian Burns here, you got Jeremy Chin, you got J.C. Horn, Shaq Thompson. There's a lot of young talent. Etor Grossmatos, Derek Brown, a lot of young talent on this defense. And you looked at how fast and physical they played last year. If you're a team, if you're a player out there and you you got to look at that system and just see how Phil Stowe was able to implement a lot of these players and wonder, like, that might be a good spot for me in Carolina. So offensively, if you're wide receiver or skilled position talent, I get it. But even if you're a quarterback, if you think about it, all right, hey, they got they know they got to fix the offensive line. They're going to at least tell these quarterbacks, hey, we're going to be aggressive in doing so. So you you listen to that. If you believe that, you trust that. And you know Christian McCaffrey's on this roster. Now, is he going to be healthy? That's one question. But if he's on the roster, you got to feel pretty good. If anything, like the wide receiver talent, if you're a quarterback, is I mean, it's not the biggest concern. Obviously, the offensive line is. But that's one of the biggest concerns. Because you have DJ Moore, and then after that, what do you really have? Terrace Marshall, he's been injured really since his 
sophomore year at LSU. Hopefully he can be healthy coming up next season, but he hasn't been healthy since he's been a Carolina Panther and hasn't contributed. I like what Shai Smith did towards the late, latter part of the season, and Robbie Anderson just fell off the cliff. That might be one of the chief concerns if I'm a quarterback coming to Carolina. But yeah, if you're a quarterback, it's not the most attractive place. We talked about it last week where Chris Schrager of Good Morning Football was talking about how Carolina is – going to be aggressive in terms of David Tepper, who he talked to at the Super Bowl, being, man, it would be really nice to have one of those, which is what every single owner, all the 30 other owners were all saying last week in L.A. because they weren't in that game, especially the ones that were close, but still the ones that aren't very close absolutely have to feel that way, like David Tepper. Be, being aggressive is what put the Carolina Panthers in a situation now where they're looking for a quarterback. And also you look at the, say, the franchise last year when Matthew Stafford said no, have things really gotten better? So is Carolina an attractive place for free agents? really depends on who the free agent is, what the position they play, and kind of how you look at it. For quarterbacks, probably not, but the rest of the roster, hey, why not come get that bag and get a starting spot if you're if you're someone who wants to play in the National Football League and potentially uh, buy into the process here in Carolina. Now, speaking of the process, has Robbie Anderson checked out on the process? There was reports from the New York Daily News, or I guess an article, suggesting that Robbie Anderson – might be interested in a return to New York with the Jets. We'll get into all that here in just a moment. We're nearing towards the end of the month of February, and this is the time of the year where most of y'all have pretty much given up on your New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like we're not really going and having a resolution this year because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you all tried Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single bar at Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Every bar at Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, they're high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better for you, and they are also way better tasting. Matter of fact, Bilt Bar, the thing that they focus on first is taste. They make it delicious first, and they figure out how to make it healthy afterwards, and I don't know how, but they pulled off every single time. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I think it's fair to say that 2021 was a absolutely disastrous season for Robbie Anderson here in Carolina. After a debut season where he led the team in receptions, went over a thousand yards for the first time in his career, a lot of us were expecting a lot of Robbie Anderson, especially when Scott Fitter and the Carolina Panthers organization saw fit to hand him a two-year, $29.5 million extension, guaranteeing all of last season, where he only had $8 million left on his contract that was not guaranteed heading into the 2021 season. And I'm thinking now that they all wish they had never done that, especially when you look back at how things went on. You go back to the Eagles game where Sam Darnold throws three picks and 
yeah, I'd be frustrated too. And Robbie Anderson is having his little sideline spat with his coach, just talking about how I guess we found out later he was upset about how the Eagles were sitting on the routes and that they we need to change things out. We need to do a double move. Well, the Carolina Panthers offensive line doesn't really afford them the opportunity to do a double move, but still, I understand it. High football IQ. He saw what the Eagles were doing, and well, the Eagles sat on that, jumped it, and picked it off as Darnold was terrible. That afternoon, as the Carolina Panthers had one of their more inexplicable losses that we've seen over the last couple of seasons of Carolina Panthers football, where we've seen a lot, unfortunately, of these inexplicable losses. But Robbie Anderson had that. You also later on, I mean, because he's after the game, he didn't even talk to the media, which is one of the things about the pandemic where players, the locker room's not open. They can uh, avoid speaking. Now, he spoke to the media on Monday and all that kind of stuff. He had that issue, and you had to have the conversation throughout the week. Joe Brady, Matt Rule, Robbie Anderson. And then later on in the season, you saw him getting after Sam Darnold, tell him to tighten up, which I'm sure he said a lot more than that to Sam Darnold when he was struggling one of those games. And just not a lot of great vibes from Robbie. Not a lot of great vibes. He dropped balls. He got lit up in Atlanta. Just a tough season all around for Robbie Anderson, which has you wondering, can he bounce back in 2022? You certainly hope so, considering that when they gave him the extension, they were expecting that, or at least hoping that with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and eventually Terrace Marshall, that Sam Darnold or whoever, I guess at the time they were thinking Sam Darnold, whoever the quarterback's going to be, would have a nice solid foundation out wide for the team moving forward alongside with Christian McCaffrey. And it'd be nice to find a pass catching tight end at some point in time here in the very near future. But will Robbie Anderson be a Carolina Panther in 2022? We can see him have a comeback season here in Carolina. That might not be the case. Apparently, according to an article, as I pull this up from the New York Daily News, DJ being Amy the second, I guess he covers the Jets. Um, but he talk about five big ticket receivers Jets can target in free agency and trades. And interestingly enough, in the trade section is Robbie Anderson, who apparently Robbie Anderson spent four years with Jets before departing to the Panthers in 2020. Robert Anderson achieved his first and lone thousand yard season in his initial year of Carolina, earning a two year, $29.5 million extension and about $20 million guaranteed. But in 2021, Anderson had arguably his worst year as he finished with 53 catches for 519 yards, career low, and five touchdowns. The main reason for his lackluster production was horrendous quarterback play from Sam Darnold. And then he also adds Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, which is completely unfair, who all combined for 14 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. That speculation the Panthers could move off of Anderson now. There is speculation, excuse me. If Anderson has moved, the Jets are his preferred destination, as source said. He feels like he has unfinished business in New York and likes Wilson's talents. Even though Jug, Jet, Jets GM Joe, do, do, even though excuse me, Jets GM Joe Douglas admitted to it being a mistake to let Anderson walk in 2020, it's unknown how receptive the Jets would be to a union. Anderson's base salary for 2022 is 10 million, and he also mentions how Anderson would provide a dynamic and downfield threat for Wilson, an aspect of Jets passing offense missed in 2021. Okay, so while that might be true, like we look at, it, there's the highlights. I think the big one that you you saw that I think a lot of people pointed to throughout the offseason, myself included. Um, when looking at the connection that Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold had in New York was the Cowboys game where he, they, he got hit on the deep ball. And you, need some, you can even go back to, I don't know, if, I don't think Darnold was the quarterback then. It might have been Josh McCown to the game where the Panthers played at MetLife a couple seasons ago. I think back in 2017, I think, against the Jets on the road where Robbie Anderson had two long touchdown passes. We've seen it before. Like Robbie Anderson can be a downfield threat. We haven't really seen that in Carolina, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater and Folks, I had to blame Teddy Bridgewater for that, even though Robbie Anderson had his best year of his career with Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. And then last year, week one, was the only time we ever saw it with Robbie Anderson. Like, So I understand that sentiment, but I just wonder just how good is he actually? 
Like, how good is Robbie Anderson really of an NFL wide? He's not a number one. We already know that. He's a number two, I guess, but he might be more suited as a number three. And in New York, it's weird to me. So he feels like he has unfinished business. I don't know what the reports were and what the conversation was in New York when he wasn't re-signed because it didn't really make a lot of sense. If you got Sam Darnold there and it's his third year, why you wouldn't try and put something around? Like, why would you get rid of one of his best wide receivers, Robbie Anderson? Why would you not re-sign him if you're Joe Douglas? Because the Jets didn't really do anything. They left him with Jamison Crowder, and that was basically it. And then with Zach Wilson, I mean, they signed Corey Davis, former number five overall pick, who didn't really have the greatest career in Tennessee. He was better the last couple of seasons, but he's not certainly the number five overall pick level of a player as we've seen throughout his career in the NFL. And he had an okay season, but the Jets still don't really have a ton of options. And if Robbie Anderson's quarter, uh, is concerned about quarterback play, again, his best season was Teddy Bridgewater. Why would you leave Carolina? Because obviously he's not a fan of Sam Darnold. Let's just, let's just keep it a buck here, man. Like some of water there. Um, clearly they don't have a great relationship because not only was it just him losing his mind with the Eagles situation and yelling at Sam Darnold. Think about when Cam Newton came here and the Arizona game and Cam's got Robbie up there on the podium, like his little brother. And they're just hanging out, having a good time. And Robbie's out there endorsing Cam, saying like, Hey, I think he needs, he deserves another opportunity Didn't get a really a fair shake at it, which is true. Came in middle of the season was asked to come out here and to basically save the season and didn't know the playbook and looked Great coming out in Arizona, those first two touches, two touchdowns, and was awesome against Washington. And after that, had a tough time. And is Cam Pass's prime, obviously, but, like, is he capable of being a starting NFL? I don't know. It didn't really point to there being many signs that he is just based off of what we saw. But also, hell, he didn't have a, a full offseason program with the Panthers. Didn't have a full understanding of the playbook. And then with five weeks left in the season, they got rid of the OC. So, I, I don't know. But if I'm Robbie Anderson, uh, if you're Robbie Anderson, we're trying to get in his mind right now. Does it make a lot of sense? To bounce from here, this quarterback situation, go to work of Zach Wilson? Like Zach Wilson was by far the worst quarterback that the Jets played last year. Like, seriously. You had Mike White, who, after he had the comeback win against the Bengals, that everyone's saying, hey, he should be the starter now in New York, and the Jets finally found a quarterback. And they got so hyped up for that Thursday night football game, I think it was in Houston, he gets hurt like the first possession, because, of course, it's the Jets. That's what happens. And then I think they had like Josh Johnson played at some point for them and he was better. And uh, Joe Flacco wasn't there last year, was he? But either way, whoever, they had like four quarterbacks who started. And Zach Wilson by far was the worst one. Now he's a rookie and we'll see how he develops. Um, certainly losing their quarterback coach prior to the season did not help matters. But if you're right, it's just weird to me that Robbie Anderson is like apparently his preferred destination is. And the Panthers have been linked to trading Robbie Anderson before. There was the rumor last April or whenever it was leading up to the draft, they were thinking about trading Robbie Anderson. And if they could trade Robbie Anderson, I'd be so happy about that. Honestly, like I'm kind of over it. The dude called out the fan base last year when he's not catching footballs and he hasn't done anything here in Carolina. You had one good season, buddy. And then you had a really bad season in 2021. Like I don't want anyone like sitting here and telling Panther fans, especially players on this roster, like, Hey, they need to chill out. Like guys who've been around like Shaq Thompson, they're never going to say that same thing with Christian McCaffrey. He's never going to say that. Like, those are the only guys who've even been on teams that have won. Like JJ Chance, it's really the only guy who knows what, what winning looks like here in Carolina. He's been around for so damn long. No one on his roster outside of that has done anything here or really in the league to sit here and tell fans, like, hey, you guys need to chill out. You're not really with us. Like Robbie Anderson, this sounds like you're not really with us, buddy, since you might be interested in going back to New York with the Jets. Good luck with that.
Might also be some other changes here in Carolina as Dan Morgan has interviewed for the Pittsburgh Steelers GM job. How concerned should we be about that? We'll get into that here in just a moment. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball, folks. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil.clwater. That's www.marines.mil.clwater. So y'all who listen to the show regularly, and if you do, thank you so much. Uh, continue to do so. And if you're new to the show because you found it on YouTube, thank you for being here and hope you uh, come back tomorrow because we do an episode literally monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday every single day like i'm doing this right now like on a sunday morning and that's the one thing about doing youtube i'm going to play golf later today so that's why i had to do it in the morning because if i came back at like six o'clock doing this i'd be wiped because i walk don't take carts guys we gotta walk um but i'm doing it now and it's like i just woke up like let me roll out of bed do the podcast on my couch so i hope you guys enjoy my artwork back there shaky grapes don't hate so i'm at the ryman then i got my Favorite band ever, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Also, I don't want to hear any slander. Um, but either way, and I know they're probably not like properly like to align. Like that one keeps falling down. But this is only for the YouTube audience who can see this. But if you guys listen to the show, y'all know how I feel about the Panthers front office right now. Love Scott Fitterer, at least what I've seen so far. Like he had his play in terms of the role of bringing in Sam Darnold here. And I also believe that they were backed into a corner. If you listen to the podcast, you also know my feelings about David Tepper and how he's probably the uh, real problem here in Carolina. And he's a problem that you can't really get rid of since he owns the team. And you don't see NFL ownership really change hands unless, well, what's going on in Washington and Dan Snyder happens and potentially with Steven Ross and what Brian, Brian Flores alleged there, what happened in Miami with him being paid to lose games. Flores, by the way, uh, got a job with Mike Tomlin and the Steelers as a linebacker coach. So good to see that. Did not expect him to be back in the league this soon, really, if really at all. So I don't know. But you know how I feel about the Panthers offensive, uh, not offensive line. <laughs> you know how I feel about them. But about their front office where Scott Fitter, he's done a really good job. He came in day one and said, hey, I'm going to be in on every deal. And that man has been in on every single deal. He's minted, almost pulled off the Stafford trade. If it weren't for Matt Stafford saying, or Matthew Stafford, excuse me, uh, I know his wife Kelly is like, it's Matthew. Um, if it wasn't for Matthew Stafford saying, nah, I want to go to uh, hang on my boy from Cabo, Sean McVay in LA, which worked out for him as they won the Super Bowl last Sunday. And then, of course, you know, I, I like what Samir Suleiman, who came over from Pittsburgh, has done. He was recently um, elevated to the VP of Football Administration to get that properly right as my face ID. Yeah, football VP of Football Administration. He's kind of the cap management guy, but he's also going to get work with personnel now. Matt Allen, who is the grandson of Jerry Richardson, you wouldn't even know because that guy's worked his tail off throughout his entire career here in Carolina. He's working with, uh, like him, Pat Stewart, who came over from Philadelphia. 
And of course, Dan Morgan, who is also here in Carolina. And when you look at it, it's not just fitter. Like you have a lot of guys who are going to be candidates eventually for GM jobs. Suleiman, you would imagine, will be a candidate one of these days. Morgan, already been a candidate in the past, now a candidate again. Matt Allen eventually, and then Pat Stewart. And you can't really say a lot of that. No, the Panthers, what they've done with their coaching staff, Matt Rule going out and getting three former head coaches in the National Football League and Steve Wilkes, Paul Pascaloni, and Ben McAdoo, that's good to have that experience. And will any of those guys get another opportunity to be head coaching again in the league? I don't know. Maybe Wilkes, hopefully, for him, because he never really got a fair shake in Arizona. That would be great. McAdoo, no chance. Pascaloni is 77, so obviously not. But still, you looked at Matt Rule's old coaching staff. He couldn't really point to anybody other than, I guess, Joe Brady, who got interviews after the 2020 season who would be a head coach eventually in a National Football League. Now, there might have been someone who recently departed who eventually becomes a head coach, but there wasn't really anyone you could look at and be like, yeah, that guy's going to be a head coach in a National Football League one day. But you look at the Panthers' run office, there's certainly plenty of guys who you th look at and you think, hey, any of them could be a GM in a National Football League. And one of them, Dan Morgan, apparently has interviewed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's General Manager Kevin Colbert will be leaving after the draft. You might be questioning the timing. That actually makes the most sense. If you're going to hire a GM, it should be after the draft. Now, I'm imagining that Pittsburgh is going to hire someone who agrees with a lot of the – I think they should probably hire the guy first and let them go through the draft process with Colbert. And so they agree with a lot of the draft picks. The scouts have already made their evaluations throughout with the last college ball season. So you're going to take the scouts' evaluations and draft based off of that. And then after that, you might hire your own scouts. Last year, the Carolina Panthers, they draft Scott Fitter. They not draft, but they hire Scott Fitter in January, February, whenever it was. And they already have the scouts here. So he's going to have to go off their information and what the coaching staff also has seen and evaluated from the college press, which they've seen, and to go through the draft. But the ideal way of doing it is actually after the draft, hiring a GM. And then I know you might feel like you wasted the draft, but still, how Pittsburgh going about it might be the best way to do it for an organization because then you can hire your own scouts, have a full football season, and come back the following year and have, be on the same page with people that you actually know and hired and want to work with. But even 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 still, Dan Morgan apparently interviewed for the job. And I know there's been some current concern out there. People are like, are we already going to lose Dan Morgan? I don't know. A lot of folks have already interviewed for the Pittsburgh Steelers GM job. And this is going to be one of the most coveted GM jobs out there considering the fact that, well, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have a head coach of Mike Tomlin who's never had a losing season. Not ever. And with Ben Roethlisberger broken and beaten and damned this past season, he found a way. And in years past, we had to go with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. He still found a way to be competitive and not have a losing season. Like, I would love for Mike Tomlin to be our head coach here in Carolina, but that's not the case. We'll see how things play out with Dan Morgan. I, I look at it in a way as I'm not going to consider it like the, you know, with the Rooney rule, we've been talking about the shame interviews. I'm not going to say it's like a shame interview, but one of the things that they always talk about, at least black coaches will encourage other black coaches to interview for these jobs so they can go through the interview process. Whereas when they show up another time, when they actually think they have a good chance of the job, if that's the case or not, that they're not, you know, going to an interview for the first time. So I think for Dan Morgan, I'm going to look at it more like, Hey, he's getting interview practice. They, Pittsburgh also wanted to talk to him, obviously, but he's getting an opportunity to kind of see the interview process and go through it. And maybe he gets a job. Maybe he doesn't, but hopefully for our sake, he stays here. Cause I don't know if Dan Morgan is going to come back to Carolina and literally leave after one season, unless things aren't that great. And looking at stability, we see in the front office, I would be kind of surprised by that considering him and Scott Fitter worked so well together back in Seattle. And then he went to Buffalo with Brandon Bean. Now he came back here. Like he was sought after coveted. So we'll see how it plays out. The one thing that surprised me though, so far is that Samir Suleiman who came over from Pittsburgh, David Tepper, obviously, as we know, used to be a minority owner of Pittsburgh Steelers. He brought Suleiman over here 
um, from Pittsburgh. He hired him as a cap guy, and now they've just elevated him. So I guess that makes sense why he's not going to interview for the Pittsburgh job. Maybe they requested him, and he denied it, um, which would still be interesting, considering it's a GM job that you could potentially have. And I think you'll have a chance to be a GM. As there was an article I brought up by Kevin Clark of The Ringer a couple weeks ago about just how actually GMs that have the most success in the NFL are the ones who come from the cap and salary management side of things, more so than the guys that come over from the other side of the coin who are scouts like Scott Fitter. So we'll see how things play out, obviously, in Carolina. Suleiman has yet to be interviewed in Pittsburgh, and maybe he won't be interviewed at all. So if anything, I thought he would be the one who would get the interview in Pittsburgh. But to be concerned about Dan Morgan leaving here in Carolina so soon, I don't think we should be there. I think this general management or this front office has a really good opportunity here this offseason to fix things and hopefully put Matt Rule in his coaching staff that's been revamped in position to have success here in year three. But if they don't, as my T-shirt says, keep pounding beers. Shout out to uh, Brewers at Yancey, by the way. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. If you're watching, you already kind of knew that. My name's been sitting there the whole time on the screen. Again, guys, we're on YouTube now, so if you did not watch the show on YouTube, make sure to go ahead, subscribe to YouTube, so you can check out every single episode of the show. And also, we'll have some lockdown now, clips and other things throughout the season and throughout the portion of the offseason. Well, you can check that out on YouTube as well. So you saw those sitting there. They had to put them up there. It made me look like an idiot that they had these things that were from like five months ago on a YouTube page. Don't worry. Those are getting deleted. I'm going to get rid of those. Lockdown's not going to make me look like a moron anymore. But go ahead and subscribe to the show over on Locked on Panthers on YouTube. Again, there's Locked on Florida Panthers, the red one, we're the blue one. So please click on the blue one. If you want to watch the Florida Panthers one, sure. If you're a Checkers fan here in Charlotte, that's actually the uh, NHL team for the Checkers. So I guess you could be a Panthers fan. It makes more sense than the uh, the Hurricanes who abandoned us, but we're not going to talk about that in Tom Dundon. Either way, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me at Julian Council, it's right there here on the screen, or DM me again at Julian Council right here on the screen in the meantime take care be safe and i will see you i guess you'll well i guess you'll see me but either way i'll talk to y'all on tuesday Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.